Welcome back to the Moon Talk Streamcast. Happy International Day for Failure, man. <laughs> <laughs> October 13th? October 13th, man. International I, Day of Failure. Who comes up with this? I, I don't know. I, it, does every day of the calendar have a International Day of? There's or a National Day of? There's something obscure every day. <laughs> like, I feel like it was like Twin Day last week yeah. or something. Also, how is Columbus Day and Indigenous People Day the same day? I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense I, to me. That was a marketing thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> they flipped that. Freaking Hallmark. They tried. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear Greg Popovich talk about that? No. What happened? It was. It was, it was bad. Is it a clip? Yeah. It was yeah. bad. Like he was tearing up Columbus Day. It's like why? Like like why we're still doing this? Yeah. And then he's like, I think it's funny that um, since we switched to Indigenous Peoples Day, people have to work. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> but like, on Columbus Day, you get off. That's how it used to be. That's why the U.S. Post Office isn't open on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yep. that's jacked up. That is weird. That's, that's as weird. dumb as the Rooney Rule. For real. Some of these, like, what? It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's for another they day. They should do International Failure Day for Columbus Day instead, I feel like. Seriously. <laughs> we're changing that. Move it up a couple days. Yeah, yeah, because that doesn't make any sense. Seriously. Yeah, you know what is around in the time of Columbus? Was that? Art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's my segue into. <laughs> Speaking of that, though, for real, I think, I think next month is um, Art Basel, I think. It is. And, and uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, and Thanksgiving. <laughs> another, and I, another fun another holiday. One. No, but Art Basel is there because women, uh, women, women, world of women are having their huge gala in Miami the week or weekend of Art Basel. Ooh. Do we have to go? Can holders get just get in? Um. I think there's a raffle. Like we have, oh, there's there's raffle. a set amount of of availability. Okay. And I th it's all holders, but I think there's a raffle of the ten thousand. Like okay. I just don't think they can hold ten thousand. Um, maybe a thousand plus ones or something. You know how I feel about Miami. So if there's a a chance that we can get in, <laughs> I love I love <laughs> Cuban go. sandwiches. I love me some Cuban sandwiches. <laughs> but uh, um, in Colorado, I believe it was the. Oh man, where's where was my my note? Um, Shout oh, here out we Colorado. go. Shout out to Colorado. Man won first plate first. Excuse me, so I can clip this later. A man won first place. <laughs> <laughs> he won first place at the Colorado State Fair's art competition with a piece of work he made using text to image AI generator Mid Journey. Okay. So this guy won a, a traditional art competition with a. AI-generated piece of art. Okay. And it created a little bit of a stir from the traditional artists who are also in the art fair, in the competition. That's just what I was going to ask. Versus okay. him. It's it's this now this new wrinkle into art. What, what is art? What is art? You know, he the computer created it. It wasn't him, but I, I have no no idea how to do, how to code or, or create yeah. generative art, I think the right phrase is. But it takes skill. It takes talent. I, 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 my brain doesn't go how it relates in a, a creative way, but I know mm -hmm. you got to be creative and however this artist, these artists are putting it together. For sure. So for this contest, I'm sure it was not regulated, like, what kind of art you could bring to the table? I don't believe so. Okay. Okay. So then, then to me, that's fair game. Yeah. Like, if it's a, a painting contest and he does that, then sure. Like, yeah. you're out, buddy. Like, but... No, hundred percent. If if there's a oil paints or can't like if there's a certain category where digital art 
isn't allowed. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. But it was just interesting in this, especially in Colorado. It's right. like, all right, now there's this beef or, or, or at least this story is now being told of what is art. So did he get a, like a bag for that? Did he win? I don't remember. I, I think he must have won something. Okay. Um, and I don't know for sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Colorado, we just said like a couple uh, streamcasts ago that they were the first to accept, accept Bitcoin, Bitcoin as taxes yeah. for as payment for taxes. So they might be the first to accept it. I didn't even know, put that together. Art, seriously, <laughs> digital art. But. Seriously, I imagine we're going to see that start popping up once more valuable art comes into question or more valuable digital art yeah. NFTs. Because that's. That's kind of where my mind is going. Like, okay, I created this digitally, but it happens to be on a canvas. Is it more valuable than somebody who did a painting or pastels or whatever? Whatever you do, minus the computer. Right. Like, how is that valued versus real art right. that was conducted? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic i feel like yeah so um can't admit to reading many books in my life <laughs> but one both. i read recently uh twelve thousand pound twelve thousand ton stuffed shark i'm butchering the name i'll put a little clip and the the post edits but yeah. it was really interesting it was about an old it, this art piece an old it was literally a twelve thousand pound stuffed shark that this Shit. curator put together it was a piece of art in the sometime earlier in the the twentieth century, okay, but it it created this first, I think in the traditional art world, it, the first dialogue between like is that art like how is that art versus something we're drawing or painting or something? It it, yeah. it was really interesting. It actually was really really interesting. Yeah, even like uh, um, Art Basel, like it's turned into like for at least what I've seen, like half like tangible art and half nft like conversations yeah. and um reveals and new new projects popping up there like it's it's shifting in these spaces that traditionally it wouldn't be accepted yeah. or anything like that so. like the museum of modern art moma in new york did you hear that they they have plans and are starting the process of selling between 70 and 100 million dollars of their traditional masterpieces their traditional artwork like picassos and rembrandts like oh, wow. big pieces in order to raise money to buy nfts wow to buy digital art all the headlines actually say nfts but uh, nfts digital art wow so they that's crazy they realize there's something coming and they're liquidating 70 to 100 million dollars for With this picassos too mm -hmm. i had them all list they were like i don't know all the all the like famous the art, yeah, the premiere, yeah, the, yeah. Like I had to do some do some research on on Vermeer, who we're going to talk about right after this. But it was wild. I mean, we saw a couple months ago Christie's and Sotheby's. They sort of started doing this. Mm -hmm. they, they included V Friends and, and other NFTs in their auctions, including "You're Gonna Die Fly." Yeah, that Gary Vaynerchuk that. had. I think it was Christie's. He had. You're going to die fly, which is an NFT that you, AG, own yep. as part of the Series 2 of the V Friends collection. But the Series 1 original drawing that Gary drew 
the physical copy was submitted to Christie's for for their auction and went for two hundred grand. Wow, two hundred grand for two hundred grand. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, it was kind of just like a dot and then just like a path of fly. Yeah, fly. Very bare, very basic. Two hundred grand. Two hundred thousand dollars. Shit. But it was cool, like the physical piece. Yeah. Represented an NFT in an auction with these new digital artworks. It was a really odd, interesting experience. Yeah. I'm interested to see what they're going to do moving forward. Like, okay, we're, we're selling off, like, our famous art. Like, are they going to come out with their own project that has some sort of... Like these museums? Yeah. like That's a good, that's a good or, question. Or are they going to, like, hold NFTs in a digital space in the museum? Because, like, what are, what, are, what are they gearing up the capital for? That's what I'm trying to, like... There has to be an experience. Yeah. Especially the moment. Especially these, these famous museums... If the people who would normally go in there and look at art on the wall aren't going to go look at a screen of some of right. art on a wall. Right. So what is the experience of like going to be for those people coming in? And also the NFT maxis who are yeah. comfortable with the digital on the wall. How do you bring them over to the fancy, the traditional fancy right. stuff? The physical place, because like like we were talking about last episode, like you can create your own gala Mm -hmm. you don't have to go anywhere so i'm 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 gonna stick to that one because like you're just not gonna sell an original picasso painting for no reason there's definitely some thought behind where that's gonna go where the capital is gonna be allocated to i'm just all the vagueness that they're revealing yeah you don't sell a hundred million dollars of those pieces without with actually knowing what you're about to do unless you just want to come up but i mean these are historic pieces so in a historic place the moma what they did say, and they were very vague about everything. They don't have any sure plans yet, blah, blah, blah. But I'm sure they do. I'm sure they, they do. Must. It's just not uh, public knowledge right now. They must. They did say they're considering launching their own streaming channel as well as hosting a series of virtual exhibits and video conversations with creators or collaborators, also in universities, to offer online courses. Mm, that is, so, there's where some of the capital is going. They're trying some stuff. <laughs> they're trying. That's true. That's yeah. true. They're trying some streaming stuff. Streaming wars. Are they entering streaming wars? Maybe. I think everyone. Are we entering streaming wars? Are we in streaming wars? I don't think we're in streaming wars yet, but once once we get a couple more subscribers, we might be there. We're in streaming wars with Bobo Shadmeyer. Yeah. <laughs> Our boy Bobo. Yeah, whoever whoever's going to stream the Super Bowl, they're going to win the streaming wars. I don't know who is going to be... Amazon. Do you gonna do you watch Thursday Night Football or do you boycott it? I watch it. Yeah, but it has been a weird experience because sometimes I'm out with my clients and they want to watch Thursday Night Football and they don't have Amazon at the bars. You can't stream so you at have the bars. To like call and there's only certain bars who have it, which I think is kind of weird. I know I'm going on side. No, no, here, I brought. But, I asked you. Um, this is part of the experience, whether it's football or art or or baseball. Like, yeah. Like, I get it if you don't have it week one, but it's week five, week six, and you guys still don't have Amazon. Like, that's like, come on. People are trying to drink some beers and watch the game. Like, you got to imagine if you own a bar, you would want to take advantage of that. Like, that hurts you. And if no one else has it, if you have the game on, people will come to your bar. It's, it, I can't wrap my head around it. Another side tangent <laughs> before the uh, season started, did you see that they were like, oh, this is the new football? And it was like this skinny Amazon football, and these like Matthew Stafford had one, 
and he could toss it 100 yards. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like, this is a new NFL regulated ball. And so my brother sent it to me, and I'm like, for real? I believe was it, it a joke? It was a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd be like, they can already slang it. Yeah, but they could throw this thing 100 yards. <laughs> Dang. Remember uh, another tangent. Remember those old ESPN commercials where it's like Michael Vick throwing the football out of the arena? Or is oh, yeah. LeBron James like taking jump shots from the other baseline? Yeah, like that's what I'm picturing with Matt, Matt Stafford and this this stick. Apparently, it was a yeah, it was a, a real situation, and I believed it. Crazy, so. crazy, stupid. Um, a quick that. no, hey, let it fly. Quick little tidbit, a, a little investigation that I put together. Okay, there was this guy. He's kind of an important guy, but a guy I started following around those Christie's auctions. His name is Noah Davis. Okay. He was the head of digital sales at Christie's. So, like, his name kept popping up when they were talking about all this digital stuff going in the auctions. Real quick, can you just remind everybody what Christie's is? Oh, yeah. So Christie's is a an auction house. Okay. And I think traditionally auctioned um, um Vintage or, or I, I don't know the right terminology. Vintage art, really okay. traditional. Like they would, they would uh, auction off the Picassos, the the, Got it. the famous stuff that most of us can't afford. Cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know who. <laughs> yeah. So so it's like Christie's, Sotheby's. They're like auction houses for these big museums, almost, mm -hmm. and 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 individual artwork. He was just a really cool guy. Listen to him on Twitter Spaces, like really well spoke. He's young, but like the way he could describe this art world was really interesting to me. I just kind of latched onto him. He announced in June that he was leaving Christie's, where he had been for several years, and building okay. up this this um, personality, building up this sort of following of him his work for Christie's. He went over to become Yuga Labs brand lead for CryptoPunks. Oh my God, Yuga Labs making these moves. Yes, yes. So interesting. Now it's I'm a, trying to think. It's a move I I don't understand off the bat, but my gut's saying it's an awesome move for Yuga Labs and specifically CryptoPunks under Yuga Labs, mm -hmm. which is it's totally different than Board Ape Yacht Club, but yeah. like we've talked about, it's not. The, the culture and the popularity. It's this pixelated JPEG yeah. that has its own place just as is in history. So it was kind of like the inception of yeah. NFTs. Like this was this is what this is. It has no utility. Yes. It's just you own it. It doesn't do anything else like board it. it so I'm interested to see how it plays out because th this first off, what are you gonna do? What digital sales or or brand lead of crypto like if they're not supposed to do anything and they're just supposed to sit there right. almost what is a person like what's his job now right. you know but i imagine he's gonna figure it out like it's cool that someone like that is now in that spot if you know what i'm trying to say yeah it's it's such an intriguing use case like even even crypto punks itself like it's so popular for for what reason you know what right. i mean like it doesn't do anything but like visa sold off portion of their company to buy some mm -hmm. and like jay-z put it up as his profile picture like when you because i think you could get them for free when they first came out yeah 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 i yeah i think crypto punks they were literally giving them away for free and yeah. board ape yacht club didn't sell out but they were available available for like 700 bucks like for a couple weeks yeah it's just like it's just interesting how crypto punks got championed that way like it, it was so organic 
and for them to make the move with uh, Noah Davis, like the auction god, essentially. Like, yeah. how, how is this going to, like, what is their... The auction god, I like that. What is their... You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, tr- I'm like, yeah, what? I can try to, like, I don't know, figure out different plays that they might do, but I can't think of anything. Yeah. Like, that's just a... Because Board Ape Yacht Club, they brought in Guy Siri to manage their brand, to... Uh-huh. to do all this, like put the brand out in front of as many eyes in whatever way they're going to do. CryptoPunks is the complete opposite. So what is it, how's it going to play out? It's interesting. Does yeah. that end up in MoMA? Does that end up in a modern museum? That, or do might, they, be, that might be the tie right there. Right? Or do know. they just go for the the Beebles, you know, the, the right. $100 million digital art? I don't know. Hopefully uh, Yuga Labs passes the <laughs> SEC investigation. Yeah. And That's why it's so important. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's like it kind of – did this kind of just happen at the same time really or in the same ballpark? Or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. I, I want to say in the last month, Okay, you know, or definitely this summer. I, don't, I, I think it was literally in the last month or two that, that – yeah. Well, I guess they just announced the Yuga Labs investigation yeah. and the – the MoMA was in the last week, so it literally might be October. Wow. Could be two weeks. I wonder how the people at Yuga Labs are like feeling right now. Like confident, like our shit is secure. Like, yeah, depends just... if they sold any of their assets when the market was up. No, but yeah, I, I would love. We've talked about just wanting to be a fly on the wall in some of these rooms. Yeah, like what are the conversations happening? Even as a holder, like, are you kind of freaking out right now? Like. For, because if I was a Yuga Lab holder, yeah, like if if I put, I don't know, two hundred grand to get a board ape or four hundred grand for a crypto punk right now, or a, f- a few months ago or a year ago, you or whatever, might be able to get two hundred fifty. Yeah, whatever it is, whatever the amount is, and they don't pass the investigation. How does that affect holders? Because I don't know if they're considering selling right now i don't know what i would do would not passing the investigation mean that they're a registered security like would not passing it give it like a currency validation you know what i'm saying i don't know like you guys are this so we have to have to you know find you or or regulate you right it's gonna be true true that's a you know what i'm saying that's a different yeah i can appreciate that angle because weird but as a holder, and regardless of the SEC investigation, this is a good, this is a good exercise in in thinking long term and, and, and roll with this for roll with this with me for a second. Yeah. But like, for talking about board apes and crypto punks, for board apes to be successful, they have to stay cool. Like they have to, they have be, to put in work. Yes, like, constantly, all the time, collaborations, brand building, like. You're you're messing with culture. We talked about Kith on the last few shows. Supreme, mm-hmm. like it's it's not easy to build a brand for a long like over the long term for longevity. Yeah, based on that, based on that, people do it and it's there. But like you have to work hard. Yeah, constantly and, and constantly con- change and constantly evolve. Think about what was cool ten years ago and twenty. Like everything's being flipped on its side right now. Like things are going to change rapidly. So. They've got to stay on top of that all the time. CryptoPunks on the other side. So, so actually, as a holder, actually, I'll jump. CryptoPunks on the other side, mm-hmm. there's no work needed to go into making it what Managing it is. It. Yeah. Its provenance, its simplicity is its value. Right. 
and that's and that's how they came out too. Like it, it wasn't promising anything else. Hey, this is a essentially just a picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. No promises. Yeah. Why are these worth a million dollars? Why are people paying these prices? So, if you're paying two hundred, if you paid five hundred grand for a board ape, and now you're over here and it's one hundred fifty grand, two hundred grand, I don't think it's going to be as easy to go from. 200 grand to 500 grand now. Back, like, yeah. I think that's going to require a lot of work. Yeah. Maybe something happens where it spikes, but like, that's a lot of money. It, it was that money was changing hands so fast at the top. Like, things were going for hundreds and thousands of them are going for 500 grand. So, just like, that's what they're going Absolutely for. Absolutely nutty. Not happening anymore. So, to get back to that level, they got to put on a show they have to grind yeah this sec situation could help that to Mm -hmm. your point yeah it could put uh microsoft i mean like we were just talking about it it's it's pretty big for the whole web3 community this Mm -hmm. entire situation so i just i didn't know how i'd feel if i was a holder yeah it's it would be scary how would you feel if you were a crypto punk holder a year ago before they announced that yuga labs was going to take it over like do you feel now does that worry you? Would that worry you at all? Because um, this was part of the debate. So at the at the time when it happened versus now, or so now, l- like if if you held a crypto punk before Yuga Labs mm-hmm. bought the IP, bought the company, bought yeah, however the, that transaction yeah, yeah. went down, does that acquisition affect you? Affect how you think about it at all? Are yes. you worried about what? How so? Just because of what the project was based on it was kind of based on nothing and so like it it's it's just it was the the inception so of web3 nfts like it does nothing and you can you have the ip you guys do whatever you want with it with yuga labs and their track record with board ape and what they're trying to do some of these partnerships like we'll talk about rolling loud in a second we've already talked about it in the past some of these artists are using um their board apes in certain situations and mm-hmm. things like that I would be concerned because that's not the project that I bought into originally. Now it could be something different. Like they could, like they own it now. They could start putting utility on it, which could also hurt it. So I right that it was good where it was at. You know what I'm saying? It it didn't make feel like it makes sense at the time that you know this monster building type IP with the board apes are now owning CryptoPunks and MeBits. But yeah, it's like it's like you're um, you're buying the Los Angeles Lakers and then you show up after a year and then there's the Clippers like it's yeah. it's this is not what I signed up for. Right. Right. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good analogy. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. All the more fascinating. It could be, it could be good, but yeah, I'm That's not what I signed up for. Knowing like like a move like bringing you bringing Noah Davis on seems strategic. Like whether that works or not, it seems at least to me like they're thinking in the right way. We got to do this different. Yeah, we got to get this kid who does things differently to lead this. Like, right. So I'm I'm bo- like I I I like hearing about all this stuff. Or I think this stuff. I hope it plays out well. Yeah. I should say. Yeah, and it it gives us like future. Well looking into the future two three years four years from now we're going to look back at this and understand strategically what happened mm-hmm. which will help us in the future understand okay these are different ways that you can go about um utilization with your nft projects or just running companies it, 
this changes the way people run companies right. too. Like you're that much closer to the fans or the consumer. Yeah. The buyers. Yeah. So it's like um, even talking about Rolling Loud, like with their new NFT. True. True. But I I was just thinking of something. Let's we'll get to that in one second. But I there was a, a connection to the 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 Vermeer, which is a, a famous famous artist, okay. Johannes Vermeer. And we'll just touch on it real quickly, but as you were talking, it, it actually fits more into this conversation than I thought. Um, so there's this famous artist that this, the National Gallery, uh, the National Art Gallery in Washington, D.C. had, I think it was four of his pieces from centuries ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was one of the most significant artists of the 17th century, but much of the Dutch painter's life and practice have remained a mystery until now. So Uh-oh. with new technology, um, conservators, curators, and scientists were able to take these this art into a lab and understand more about where it came from. And they found that one of these pieces wasn't actually painted by Vermeer. It was painted through this this did this through this technology and this investigation. They were able to, you know, they they test, they, they see the difference in the br- brush strokes and the mm-hmm. types of canvas and how it fades and cracks and all the different things that match. They ended up learning a lot about this guy's life and that he actually had a studio of, of between like 30 and 35, you know, apprentices, apprentices. So people didn't know that he really worked with anyone. This gives a new perspective. Maybe he had an apprentice who was trying to recreate his work. Maybe they worked on it together. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Does it seem more like a collaboration effort or it was like imitation by? I I think a little bit of both. Okay. Like, And I don't think they know those details. But what was fascinating to me, so the article that I was reading didn't call this a fake. They called it... um, what did I put? Oh, a misattribution. So mm, they okay. misattributed it to Vermeer, and and it had all this value. But instead of canceling the show, I think they found this pretty close before this this exhibit was starting. Instead of canceling it, they actually moved forward with with it and shared all this details, all the stories about the what they found. It's not actually his. Uh, basically, they recreated this exhibit around it not being his, like the story around it not huh. being Vermeer, which was something that was just recently discovered, not known for the last four or five hundred years. And so are they calling it like fraudulent or or they're like, like, I guess, how are they marketing? Because you said not Vermeer's, but to me, that sounds fraudulent, but it doesn't sound like that's the case. Right. And, and I got Maybe for our next episode, I got to do a little more research okay. into the actual exhibit. That is super interesting. Like. I, I think it started October 8th and maybe goes through January. So it's brand new. But that's exactly what I, I would love to understand. How are they marketing this? What are the words they're Are they using fake or are they using misattribution? Like, what, how, how are they doing this to keep the value? Like, what, what's their goal? Yeah. Like, how do you value that? Yeah. If it's a misattribution. Like, yeah. It's like, that's super interesting. Like sometimes the error, like the fact that it's could not be his, is is one thing. But um, I was wondering if we, there was that music playing in the background. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was. We might be wrapping up here. Um, 
It's okay. It's International Fail Day. (laughs) (laughs) We were just doing that. No, that was like, we got into it, but. We'll have to come back to the Rolling Loud. But man, hey, art, we're talking about art. Craziness, man. It gets nutty, man. Would you have talked about that a year ago? I probably wouldn't have. Probably not. No. (laughs) Wait, man. Episode 13.